everybody, and welcome to another edition of the Scouting Spotlight podcast on the World Football Index, where we take a look at some of the most intriguing youngsters playing their football in South America. I'm your host, Austin Miller. Today we'll be discussing Sao Paulo's Antony, a young, exciting player recently linked with a move to Ajax. I'm joined, as always, by Tom Robinson. Tom, uh, Antony, a player that I think you and I have both been impressed with in, in watching him so far for Sao Paulo. Uh, he's been impressive. He's a, a quick, shifty, skilled player. And I think this is a guy that, that has a pretty cool future in front of him. Yeah, he's a, a lot of fun to watch, isn't he? And he's I've been impressed with him over the last 12 months. He's really, you know, everything he kind of did last season seemed to seem to go well for him. You know, part of that squad that won the Copinha um, and then helped win the Paulista and then had a, had a decent breakthrough season for, for Sao Paulo. Um, maybe not if you if you kind of just look at goals and, and the like, but he's, he's one of those players that you have to watch in, in person really to, to really appreciate just, um, yeah, how fun and, uh, and exciting he can be when he's on the ball. So yeah, someone who's, um, yeah, looking like the, the latest and a long line of, uh, Sao Paulo graduates to, to, to light up world football. Anthony at 19 years old, already playing in the Brazilian under 23 squad in the pre-Olympic tournament for Conmebol that's going on right now. I think Tom, it's probably, is it fair to say that should Brazil qualify for the Olympics, he probably wouldn't be involved in a full under-23 squad that went to the Tokyo Games, uh, given how many players clubs did not release for this tournament? Yeah, it's it's tricky, isn't it? Because you kind of think on, on one hand that he should be rewarded for, for the performance he's putting in at them, certainly in the moment in the pre-Olympicos, but he could be one of the guys who who maybe just misses the cut. But I kind of... I kind of think that he's he's the man you need in in a big occasion. He he scored in in the final of the Toulon tournament, and I think he got I think the one of the goals in the final of the Copinha versus Vasco as well. He's I, I think he's he's someone who could, who could make a difference. And yes, Brazil have got plenty of tricky wide players, but um, you know I think I think he's got a fair shout of um, of getting the call up, especially if he continues these performances. I mean, who who do you think he's realistically fighting it out for and, and am I just being a bit optimistic here Austin I think you you look at the names of the players who didn't come to this Conmebol pre-olympic tournament for Brazil uh, the types of players who weren't released by their clubs and, and I think it gets tricky to maybe kind of fit him in and kind of find a space for him in the Brazil team but I, I do kind of agree that it'll be interesting to see how much reward there are for the players who did fight it out in the pre-olympico but you look at Douglas Luiz didn't come, Martinelli for, for Arsenal, Emerson, Gabriel, Wendell. And obviously those aren't players who are in his necessary position. But then you kind of look, you've got Douglas Augusto, Ayrton, Ibanez. Again, those are three more players. So that's one, two, three, four, four. That's eight players who uh, Manager Jardine wanted to call into the squad but couldn't because of clubs. Uh, and then Wallacey got injured, so that's another ninth player that wasn't in. It's just, I think it's a busy squad to try to get into. Then you factor in the three overage players. There's rumblings that Neymar wants to be involved. It'll be really interesting to see kind of how it all works out for him as those Olympics come up. I think you and I both expect Brazil to qualify for them. But to get into him as an actual player, Tom, what stands out in his playing style? What can you expect when you watch him play? And what would a potential club down the line kind of be getting if they were to acquire Anthony? I think what really jumps out straight away is 
you know his his love of a dribble. He, he's he's very quick. He's got skill for footwork. Um, it loves to take on a man. Perhaps too much, I would say. There's there's times where you kind of see him double back on himself and and think he's you know one of those guys who you play with in five a side who who thinks they can get themselves out of trouble in any scenario and and sometimes holds onto the ball too long. But um, you know, focusing on the positives, he's got great explosive. Uh, speed from a standing position you know he can really stand a man up and, and beat him quite easily he's a, a left-footed player but plays wide on the right typically so that keeps the defenders guessing you know he'll, he'll happily take it to the byline but can cut in and unleash a, a decent shot I think his his passing is is pretty decent um and he's got yeah he's got a decent shot from range and and, and wins a lot of fouls so he's kind of what you want from a from a wide tricky creative player um I mean, how about you? I mean, I know there's a lot of players and ex-players who, who've been singing his praises. Are you are you in that camp as well? He's really fun to watch. Uh, he's like you said, he's he's very quick. Everything that he does seems to have this kind of quick twitch to it. Uh, he can. He's very good at at something which you see kind of a lot of in Brazil, particularly among some of the younger players. Which is they'll kind of size up a man one on one, him on the wing, maybe in some of these slower state league matches, some of the slower top tier matches in Brazil that aren't necessarily played at a breakneck pace. You'll see a winger kind of size a guy up and then quickly make a move to one direction and use that first step quickness. He's really good at that. He has that first step quickness. Uh, he's got the flicks and tricks. Uh, he's a very kind of stereotypical Brazilian winger in that aspect. He'll put the ball through your legs, so put the ball over your shoulders. Never afraid to break out those flicks and tricks, which, as you said, sometimes can maybe be to his detriment. Uh, <laughs> plays on the right wing, but as a left-footed player, like you said, has that ability to cut in and unleash a shot. That certainly adds to what makes him as a player. And I think he, he's, he's a fairly intelligent player. Uh, picks out a good pass plays the ball kind of the right way for his for his attacking players and kind of does what what's the good decision in a moment, I think is the best way to kind of say it a lot of times. And and yes, he's young and there are poor decisions as well, but I think he can be an, an intelligent player as well. The thing for me in watching him play, and, and this is maybe more of the, the style of Brazilian football at the moment, but Tom, it feels like the ball can get stuck with him uh, sometimes for sure. Yeah, I, w- I would definitely agree. And as you said, that decision making, yeah, I'd say it's largely good, but yeah, sometimes he he can run down a blind alley, and and I think he, for me, the one sort of gaping hole in his in his repertoire is is just that he's he's so lightweight right now. Um, he goes down way too easily. I think. I mean, yes, he's a good player that's always going to be fouled a lot, but sometime and there's nothing wrong with you know inviting um, the contact in in dangerous areas, but sometimes you think. That's you know he's looking for it a bit too much, and I think that's going to be um, if he was to make a move to to Europe, and we'll, uh, we'll discuss where where that might be and and when that might be. But um, I think that's something that he's going to have to to quickly, not necessarily remove from his game, but he's going to have to learn the, the kind of physical side a bit more, um, and just to, just to be a bit more productive. I mean, his if you look at his stats for this season, four goals and six assists is is pretty good. I mean. Would you say that he potentially is needs to add a few more goals to his game, or do you see him as more of a more of a kind of provider rather than um, someone who's going to be getting on the score sheet regularly? I think the goals are probably uh, look. You you always want a player to be able to add more goals to his game. I don't think there's a player in in world football that you wouldn't want to be able to score more. But I think that's a fairly good return 
I think it'll probably get a bit better as he gets a bit older, maybe gets a bit more experience and maybe is a bit more polished as he develops. But for a first kind of full year as a starter with Sao Paulo, 29 games, four goals. You mentioned the assists. I think that's a pretty good return for a player of, of his caliber playing with the types of players that he was playing with. And I think those numbers will tick up a bit as he gets a bit more ingrained maybe into the system uh, as, as Janice, the manager, maybe and picks out a system or kind of tailors the system to him a, a bit more. But I think that's a fairly good return for me. Under 23 for Brazil, he did pick up a goal at the, at the Pre-Olimpico, as we mentioned, that he's been at. Always good to get involved with the Brazilian youth national teams as much and, and as early as possible. And this is definitely a player that I think Sao Paulo as a club are very excited about. And he's the latest in a line of a pretty good string of players developed by Sao Paulo, Tom. Yeah, definitely. I mean, if you kind of look at some of the names that have come out of the academy there, Eda Militao, Casemiro, David Neres, who I think is probably often and maybe just because of this Ajax link is the player that he's often been most compared to but um, I think he's potentially a bit more got a bit more Lucas Moura about him I don't know if that's if that's just me I think um, he's maybe that kind of trickier trickier guy than a full-out pace merchant um, like like Neres but yeah I mean and you look at some of the other players who've been there or are currently there Jonas Toro Thiago Maia Lianco there's there's been a lot of good players to come out of Sao Paulo um, lately and um, yeah he's he seems to be the one that they're sort of priming for for a really big move I mean they've already turned down moves from from Leipzig um, I think that was last uh, maybe in December it was, or, or maybe in the summer a fairly big move from Leipzig got turned down obviously more recently Ajax have um, have been around around about the 25 million pound mark um, or euros um, and it looks like they're kind of holding out for for sort of closer to 30 would you say that's um, a realistic kind of target do you think yeah so Getting into the the bits and bobs and the, and the transfer numbers that we've seen reported, Manchester City came in with an offer for $20 million at some point last year that Sao Paulo turned down. Ajax at $25 million was reportedly the offer within this transfer window. I think a move to Ajax is still probably, that would be kind of what I would give the best odds to. It wasn't turned down so much as it was let's keep talking. Uh, I think the plan was always to have Anthony in the Sao Paulo squad for their return to the Libertadores this year. The fact that they've been drawn into what is a very intriguing Libertadores group, I think could certainly kind of elevate their desire to, to keep him around. So I think the plan was even if they were to sell him this window, it probably would have been a move in six months type sale. And so there's the possibility that in February, Sao Paulo and Ajax could hammer out that number and agree to a deal with the move coming you know, in June or in July or, or whatever the end up the date they end up deciding is. So with that in mind, I think, yeah, I think 25 is a decent number. I think 25 coming next summer maybe would have done the trick. Maybe it's 30 now at this point, and perhaps that number could go up if you see him impress really well in the Libertadores group stage. It's going to be a big stage. There's obviously two matches for Sao Paulo against River Plate. There's some intriguing, a couple of intriguing matches against Liga de Quito. Uh, there's a trip to play Binacional in Peru, which probably won't move the needle very much. But it, it's, it's, <laughs> it's the type of, I think there'll be the type of showcases where if he has a couple of really good Libertadores matches, you could see that number go up and you could see some outside teams trying to get involved. Yeah, I, th- I think that's fair. I mean, I think when I first saw 25 million, 
I mean, I know he's an exciting Brazilian winger and, and everything, but I kind of thought, well, I mean, that is that is some pretty big money. I mean, even in today's inflated market, 25 million for, for a kid with, you know, one year, one year's football underneath his belt for uh, for Sao Paulo is still you know quite a big outlay for a club. So, I mean, I, I think it's great that he is going to st- stick around for at least another six months. And same as we said on on the Geich uh, podcast as well was uh, with that um, extra time developing um, in, in a environment that he's familiar with. I think we always like to see players not move too young. So the fact that he's got at least another six months, I think, is going to be great and a, a big boost for Sao Paulo and their Libertadores as well. Um, because I think with that amount of money. You know, a club is even a club like like Ajax, who's got a great track record of developing South Americans. You're still going to be expecting to have a pretty instant impact if if you're spending that kind of money in in a league like like Holland. So, I think the six months is is going to be good um, for him. And I I would I, I think I do like the idea of um, uh, of Ajax as, as a move for him again following in in the footsteps of his uh, old club mate David Neres but I think I think there's other potential destinations as well out there for him uh, wouldn't you say Austin there's been, there's been clubs that like Dortmund Milan uh, Leon Arsenal have all sort of inquired and or been linked to him so is it a done deal just yet or do you think that there's um other leagues that might suit him better I personally I think Ajax suits him well and I think they are probably the leader in the clubhouse that said, those names are intriguing. Dortmund, definitely intriguing. Milan would be interesting, maybe more so than intriguing. I think kind of the, the interesting point about the transfer fee that you bring up is he's probably not the finished product at this point. You talked about the lack of physicality earlier. And so paying that much money for a player who still has, I think it's fair to say, a good deal of development in front of him might give a couple of clubs a bit of pause and it might help you know the clubs that are interested in him might be able to hold off other clubs who would be interested in him because of that fact and I think that's is something to certainly keep an eye on when and if he does move is how quickly then he can he then adapt and and develop in the European game yeah for sure and I mean that's why I think I quite like the idea of France as a as a as a next step as well because that really would be sink or swim physically because that is that is going to be a big step up and We've seen it with players like Malcolm, even Lucas Moore, as we mentioned before. Maybe that's a potential way to to really kind of toughen him up and and, and getting him used to European football. He naturally, as you've mentioned, with so many people ahead of him in the queue for the certainly for the senior national team in those positions, I think it could be a good sort of three years or so before we really see him starting to grab grab attention again um i would i think he'd be he kind of wherever he goes he's gonna have to work for for a couple of years to to polish off those those rough edges and and then you'd start seeing him linked with maybe some of the the really big clubs in european football but um i think it's gonna yeah it's definitely someone who i'm intrigued to see i'm not a hundred percent convinced that he's going to be elite level just yet i think he's got um a really great future ahead of him but I'd, I'd like to see how this next move goes I think to really see what he's made of I, I, yeah I, I like him but I'm I'm gonna refrain from going all out in saying this is the next big thing to come out of Brazil well that's unfortunate Tom because that type of tepid 
uh, analysis does not make for good future <laughs> podcasts, but I'll digress on that. I think one thing that's interesting to note, you mentioned kind of the backlog in front of him with the national team, obviously the senior national team, but even with the youth national teams, he wasn't a member of, of any under 20 or under 17 national team in Brazil. His first experience with the, the Brazilian setup was at the Toulon tournament that you mentioned, and that's not exactly the highest profile place to make your, your youth national team debut. He's in this pre-Olympico squad, but some of that could be because of the players who are unavailable. So we'll see. Uh, I think that's, that's an, an interesting point to note when it, when it comes to him and his relationship with the national team and kind of what he's been able to achieve and, and maybe what he wasn't able to achieve as a younger player. Another thing I wanted to bring up, Austin, as well, is I saw that he's released an ebook about the early stages of his career, kind of like a, a virtual diary. So, you know, is, is there a bit more to Anthony that, than meets the eye? Is he, has he kind of got um, a more intellectual side about him? Or you've got some off-the-field interest that we should know about? Or, or is that just a, a weird publicity kind of thing? I have not read his ebook. I do not plan to read his ebook. Um, I think this is also the first time we profiled a player on the scouting spotlight that has also penned an ebook. Correct me if I'm wrong. Anybody in the past that you can think of? Hmm, I'm trying to think. Um, I'm pretty sure that um, Wendell uh, is a, is a something of a budding poet, but um, no, no ebooks as far as I'm aware. Nothing from 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 Jose Luis Gomez in the ebook. Oh yeah, New Year, same old digs from Austin. Um, right, I well, went the long con route for that one. I didn't just yeah, bring no, it right no, out you, at you. Snuck, snuck you you, work, you worked you worked hard for it. Um, another another thing I was going to say is obviously you know my my love for for Anthony is still not quite on the fence, but maybe you know tempering it somewhat. But how, where would where would he fit in your in your list of favorite Anthony's, I'd say he's behind Hopkins and Anthony Joshua in my list, but probably above a few, a few other guys. I feel like your Anthony list ran out there. Anthony I, Kiedis from the red hot chili peppers, probably above him. I'd say at the moment, um, a lot of, a lot of, a lot of Tony's out there. I don't think they count, you know, Tony Hawk, Tony Eboa. Right. Um, I'm going for pure Anthony's Anthony Bourdain. Probably on a par with him, maybe. Okay. Any got any other favorite Anthony's out there? I can't. Anthony's not a very popular American name to go by. I think, as you said, there's a lot of Anthony's, but then then they go down to, to Tony. I can't really Tony think Sprana. of any famous Anthony. Uh, no, no, I, I don't Sorry. have any. Nothing. I think comes... I've stolen. I've, I've stolen them all. Uh, I've I've so, um I've left Austin speech there. So I think that's a first on the. Uh, the spotlight pods you know yeah. got to come back with a stronger anthony game I, I, yeah, do your I'll, research I'll, i will <laughs> I'll, I'll come back bigger and better than ever next time uh hopefully there's another couple of anthony's coming up through south america so i can get hope <laughs> to redeem myself uh anything you want to add on this anthony before we call it a show tom um oh, i think we've we've covered um covered him sort of in in quite a lot of detail there obviously yeah he's, he's had a stellar 2019 and uh, with the likes of Zico and Rogerio Seni praising him you know they they know a lot more about football than I do so it's it's going to be interesting um to see where he goes I, I like as I said before I like the, the idea of Ajax but I wouldn't say that that's the only place that I could see him doing well I think it would be a, a nice move for him and um yeah I think like I said this is a guy who in my my opinion we're going to 
we're going to see get a, a good move to Europe in in the next six to twelve months, and then maybe it goes a bit quiet for for a couple of years after that before when he sort of reaches about the age of 23 he starts really sort of shooting back into the limelight and and kicks on and and i think at that stage we're going to have a better idea of if he's going to be just a a good level top 5 league player or whether he's someone who's going to be a real difference maker at the at the top end of of european football any any uh, thoughts on that I think you, you covered just about all of it there. I will say before we wrap this up, I'm very intrigued to see Sao Paulo in this Libertadores. I think they've got a very interesting yeah. squad, a mix of some of these younger players, uh, Helinho, Anthony, you mentioned Jonas Toro, a player that I really like. They've also got Alessandre Pato that they're paying money to. Uh, oh. Hernanis in the midfield. Uh, Danny Alves, of course, at Sao Paulo. Juan Fran, uh, Robert Arboleda, a player that I really like. Chago Volpe, a goalkeeper that I really like. So it's a very intriguing mix of Sao Paulo players. Uh, Fernando Janice is a very polarizing manager, I think, in Brazil. He's kind of running out of chances to, to be the, the innovator and, and kind of the big picture guy that he was so long pitched to be. And I think there's a lot of pressure on Sao Paulo. Uh, they've had some down years. Uh, obviously, they were very nearly relegated a couple years back until Hernani saved them. So I, I'm fascinated. I think there'll be a very interesting side. There may be one of, if not the most interesting sides in this year's Libertadores to me from a mixture of, of pressure and talent and storylines as we look towards it. And Anthony just being another member of that. So very excited to see them in the Libertadores. Yeah, big time. And they've got such an interesting group there as well. I think, um, you know, River Plate, obviously, they've they've been doing so well in this tournament for a few years. And I think even... You know, we we throw a lot of scorn on on Peruvian sides, but I'm interested to see B Nacional as well. I I think they could um, maybe not cause too many upsets, but I think that group could be maybe a little bit um, a little bit tighter than we we potentially think. Well, the interesting thing about that group to me, Tom, if, if you'll permit me to digress here a second, is you've got the Please do. you've got the two heavyweights in, in River Plate and São Paulo, of course. You've got a very good Liga de Quito side. They were quarterfinalists in the Libertadores last year. They've got very intriguing players. You've got B Nacional, which are a Peruvian team at high altitude. They've got the altitude. Highest, they've got the <laughs> highest altitude of anybody in the Libertadores, higher even than La Paz. But you've got Quito in this group, which is also at altitude. So you've got two trips to altitude for the heavyweights and a chance where you look at Quito and you look at B Nacional. Okay, they can pick up something away from home at altitude because they're used to it. So I think it all makes for a very intriguing group, and this is one of the most interesting groups. It's not certainly not as straightforward as it may appear on paper. I think Liga have a role to play in this group, and as you said, I think Binacional could be intriguing in this group as well. A lot of pressure on Sao Paulo. River Plate, for maybe the first time ever, will have competing interests in the league that they'll have to be thinking about at some point during the Libertadores. So a, a truly fascinating group that I'm very excited to see play out. Yeah, for sure. And let's hope that Anthony can be one of those breakout stars that we always, sure. we always look to at the start of the tournament. I think he's he's got to be one of the uh, the top prospects, certainly going into it, for sure. Definitely. Well, that'll wrap it up for this edition of the Scouting Spotlight Podcast. Thanks, as always, for listening, and goodbye.